concerns to God. So as we start, I just wanted to ask everyone a question and you can chat or comment below. How is your prayer life recently? Let's just answer that question for a few moments right now. How has your prayer life been recently? There I can see in the comment section, someone said it's consistent. It's so good, intimate. I'm very pleased and thankful that a lot of our uh, members here right now joining us, it's, they're striving, it's intimate and personal. Someone said it can be improved. We appreciate their honesty also, that definitely there will always be room for improvement in our prayer lives. And that's why, and that's exactly why we gather together every single week, every single Friday, to intentionally cultivate a culture of prayer and utmost dependence on the Lord as a church. So last Sunday, Pastor Marty and our brother Julius preached a powerful message about making a stand for Jesus. And they highlighted three main points. As you make a stand for Jesus, the first thing you need to do is to train in God's Word, to study the Scriptures, to dig deep, meditate on it day and night. And as a result, as you get more grounded and rooted in God's Word, you realize God's promises, you are exposed to His character, you can trust more in God. You can trust Him in circumstances that are tempting to compromise, just like in your business, if you're tempted to cut corners or in school, you're tempted to cheat, you're tempted to give up on life. You can surrender your all to Him. You can surrender your life to Him. And as you trust in God, you can try to obey Him. You can try to obey Him by making a stand for Him, by sharing the gospel, by heeding His call to make disciples. And you know, these main points that were made last Sunday, they're closely related to our weekly practice of interceding for one another because this is the reality it's essential to train ourselves in prayer because prayer is an exercise of our trust in god and a cry for empowerment from the holy spirit as we try to make a stand for jesus so with our time together i just wanted to share this devotion with you and our main title is make a stand through prayer so can we chat that here in zoom or if you're joining us via facebook or youtube you can comment below Make a stand through prayer. And I wanted to ask us another question as we start with our devotion. When was the last time that you felt alone? You were lonely. Maybe you got left behind. I remember there was a time when I was young that I got left behind by my parents because I was just so slow in preparing. Maybe some of you um, in Tagalog, baka naiwanan, di ba? So when was the last time that you felt alone? Maybe even in your walk with the Lord, as you try to make a stand for Him, the reality or the truth that we need to live with is that there will be times that we will feel alone as we make a stand for Jesus. Maybe you're trying to stand firm for your convictions, your convictions in purity, your convictions in relationships, your convictions with regards to how you speak. You do not curse, you do not lie, you do not cheat. Or maybe some of you, you felt alone because you don't know yet how to make a stand for Jesus. You'll feel like no one is supporting you. You'll feel like no one is standing with you. But let me share with you another truth, my friends. The truth is, God never intended ministry to become ministry. You get what I'm saying? It's not 
a lonely journey. When we make a stand for Jesus, when we try to make a stand for Him, when we try to share Him to others, when we walk with Him, when we fellowship with Jesus, it's never meant to be done alone. Making a stand for Jesus is never a lonely journey, but it's meant to be done together with the community, with the body of Christ. And my burden for us this afternoon is not only to work together to make a stand for Jesus as a body of Christ, but to make a stand to praying for one another in the church. Because I believe that prayer is one of the greatest acts of service that we can do for a fellow Christ follower. And in our devotion, we'll look at our primary role model in prayer, and he is Jesus. And hopefully, we learn more to depend on God more. And as a result of this dependence, learn to pray for each other more. Because I know the heart of our leadership and the heart of our leaders here in CCF is really this. To see a movement that is really based on a kneeling figure or a movement that is fully dependent on God. Just like what D.L. Moody said, every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure. So as we learn from Jesus' example of always being in intimate fellowship, always surrendering his concerns to the Lord, may we also apply that in our lives. And we learn two things from the life of Jesus through our main passage later, which we will read. The first one is, prayer gives you a heart like Jesus. Prayer gives you a heart like Jesus. Let's jump into the passage to see how prayer will give us a heart like Jesus. It says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, Now when Jesus heard about John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a secluded place by himself. And when the people heard of this, they followed him on foot from the cities. Now what was happening in this context, what Jesus heard was that John the Baptist was first imprisoned by King Herod because he called out or he denounced Herod and Herodias' illegal marriage. Because, you know, it was an adulterous marriage. It was an adulterous relationship because Herodias' husband, Philip, was still alive. And even worse, Philip was Herod's own brother. So you can just imagine how detestable it can be at the sight of the people. So John the Baptist stood up for the truth. He called them out. He denounced that this marriage is illegal. And maybe you recall a time now. When was the last time that you told someone they were wrong? Or that someone told you that you were wrong? How did that person feel? Or how did you feel? Maybe if that person is full of pride, or maybe that person is in denial that what he or she is doing is wrong, maybe that person will feel offended, will feel angered. Baka masabi pa nila, bakit mo ko pinagsasabihan? Why are you telling me this? Who are you? Right? What kind of person are you to tell me this? And probably that is what Herod felt. He was so angered. What he did was he imprisoned John while Herodias started plotting how to kill John. And knowing that Herod was attracted to young women, what Herodias did was she asked her daughter to dance for the king during a huge celebration thrown by the king. And Herod, as a result of being pleased by Herodias' daughter's dance, made a promise that you can have anything that you want. Just say the word and I will give it to you. So what what Herodias' daughter did was she requested for John the Baptist's head on a platter. Because Herod, because Herod was stuck in a corner or caught in that situation, he, he would suffer from shame, he would suffer from humiliation if he didn't grant the request of the daughter because he said, I'll grant you anything you want. And now she wants John the Baptist's head on a platter. So he gave it to her. He had John beheaded. 
and definitely this was a devastating time for the people, especially the disciples. Because when Jesus found this out, when you re- when you realize or when you think about it, John the Baptist was Jesus's relative. They were possibly cousins because their mothers were relatives. So imagine your own cousin, your own relative being beheaded just for telling the truth and calling out some someone for doing something wrong. I'm sure Jesus felt distressed and saddened because here we can observe that prayer was Jesus' first course of action, not his last option. When Jesus heard about the news that John the Baptist was beheaded, that John the Baptist was killed, he did not burst in anger. He did not immediately confront Herod, but he sought comfort. He sought peace in the presence of his father. Jesus knew full well that the peace of God and the comfort of God that he needed would not be found in the presence of his disciples, but in the presence of his father. Despite all the stress in making a stand for the kingdom of God, Jesus would always make sure to spend quality time with his heavenly father. And that leads us to our first prayer pause. I want to ask everyone here, are you stressed and tired? Let us come to God with our concerns. May we confess the times that you gave in to worry rather than prayer. And let's ask God to help you in whatever you need to make a stand for. Let's take one minute to pause and pray to God. I hope that was a meaningful time of reflecting on those times. Do you have the heart, just like Jesus, that whenever tempting times come, whenever stressful times come, whenever worrisome times come, do we come before our God in prayer, in dependence upon Him, or do we succumb to our worries? Again, prayer gives us a heart like Jesus. And the second thing, as we wrap up our devotion, that we learn from Jesus' example in prayer is this. Prayer compels you to move like Jesus. We find in Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, when he or Jesus went ashore after his secluded time, after his quality alone time with his heavenly father, he saw a crowd and he felt compassion for them and healed their sick. You can see here the heart of Jesus that after spending quality time alone with God, because he had a heart, like his heavenly father, he immediately felt compassion for the large crowd that followed him. I mean, putting myself in the situation of Jesus, I think it would have been valid for him to say that, wait a minute, I can't talk to you guys yet. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm, I need to mourn. I need to grieve. But I need to rest. Though that is valid 
we also need to take time to rest, take time to grieve when we lose someone important. But here is highlighted the heart of Jesus. When he saw people, he saw them with compassion. He did not see them with irritation. He did not see them with anger. He saw them with compassion and he did not resist this compassion. This kind of compassion, it's not just mababaw na compassion. It's not just the pity that we feel sometimes for people. I can think sometimes we feel pity for when we see people begging on the streets, when we see that kind of situation. But this kind of compassion in the Greek is splagni somai, or it's the kind of compassion wherein your bowels are just turning. And when your bowels are turning, you need to release that tension. You need to find a way to get that tension out of your bowels. Umiikot po talaga yung chan when, when this compassion was being described. So Jesus was compelled to take action because this is the reality. Christ-like compassion will always lead to an immediate course of action. Maybe God right now is telling you to do something in your workplace or in your school. Maybe when it comes to evangelism, God is prompting you to share the whole, to share the gospel to your office mates. God is prompting you to make a stand for Him in your school. Maybe in discipleship, God's calling you to not just be an attendee, to go into the Zoom meetings or to go on a Sunday service, but to actually start their own discipleship group. Maybe God is calling you to start their own D group. Maybe in some aspects, God is calling you to be more honest, to practice more integrity. Do not cut corners in your business. Do not cheat in school. Maybe some of us, God is asking us to extend forgiveness. Maybe God is asking us to ask for forgiveness also from someone. Maybe we've been offended. Maybe we've hurt someone. Maybe we need to say sorry to someone. Maybe we need to extend forgiveness to someone who has hurt us. Maybe that is what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Some of us were being asked to encourage people. Maybe some of us were being asked to pray for people. Maybe you're being led by God to pray for your pastors, to pray for your leaders. Sometimes we're shy to approach our, our leaders. Sometimes we're, we're shy to approach them because we're scared. Oh, they might judge my prayer. I'm not so good with my words. I'm not so eloquent. But what matters most is our hearts, our intentions behind praying for them. We want to bless them. We want to lift them up to the Lord. We want to remind them that the Lord cares for them and that we appreciate them for their hard work, their diligence, and we want to lift them up to the Lord together. So in our next prayer pause, I want to ask everyone, is God prompting you to make a stand for Him? Is there something God is asking you to do? Let's ask Him for the strength to obey. Let's spend a few moments right now to be rerouted in the Lord and just worship Him. Ask God, in what area do you need strength and urgency to obey? Let's take another minute to pause and reflect. Thank you. 
I hope we were reminded and convicted that if ever there are times that we have a difficulty obeying God, may we be reminded of the heart of Jesus, that whenever we are impressed by the Holy Spirit to do something for Him, let's obey with urgency. As we wrap up our devotion, I just wanted to share a story with you. Looking back when I was still studying in high school and in college, definitely there were a lot of times wherein it was so difficult to make a stand for Jesus. I really committed my life to Him when I was in around first year high school. And, you know, high school days, college days, there would be definitely temptations all around just so I, I could fit in. Temptations to conform to the world by going to parties, participating in all of those vices, drinking, smoking, even doing drugs. There were all those temptations. And every time I would come before the Lord with these temptations, even with the students right now that I'm ministering to in UP Diliman, they would always be sharing to me, it's so hard to make a stand for him because I'm scared to lose friends. I'm scared to be rejected. And I always tell them, I felt that way also. I would be honest with God even that sometimes it feels like such a hassle because I might get rejected by people. I might lose friends in the process. But every time I would humble myself to him, I would tell God, Lord, bring me back to your truth. Lord, help me to make a solid stand for you alone. Help me not to play with sin. Lead me away from these temptations. And every single time I would be on my knees, depending on the Lord in prayer for victory over these temptations, He would bring the joy in me. That I wouldn't see obeying Him as a hassle anymore. I wouldn't see the the consequences, quote-unquote, that I see of losing friends or being rejected by people. But He would always give me peace and joy that the world would never be able to offer. He calls us to stand out, not just to merely fit in in the world and conform to its standards. He would always remind me of this truth that, hey, Tej, you're not called to just fit in there. You're not just called to go with the flow, but you're called to make a stand for me, make a difference by sharing the truth of Jesus. That's why making a stand in prayer also often requires us to be on our knees, seeking and yearning after God's own heart. Because this is the truth. If you are deeply rooted in the Lord, my friends, obeying Him will never be a hassle. It will always be a joy and a privilege. I hope we were reminded this afternoon that we need to make a stand through prayer. Let's depend on the Lord fully and let's pray for one another as a body of Christ. Let's close our devotion with a time of prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for exhibiting and modeling what it's like to be intentionally dependent on you in prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for your heart, for your compassion for the people. I pray that as we have our time of prayer as a body, it will be fruitful, it will be meaningful, it will be also a personal and intimate time with you and with our brothers and sisters. Thank you, God, for this space. Thank you for this avenue to lift our concerns to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and